So I was reading the paper this past week and had scrolled down all the articles uh, about the government shutdown down to the health and wellness section and an op-ed from that section caught my eye and then in the entitled, the title of the article was, Why is Anxiety Rising? And so the article cited a survey that reported that 27% of those who responded back were dealing with an anxiety disorder of some kind. And it also said that's significantly up from, from 8%, 8 of people who were responding in 2019. And then citing another report that focused mainly on those who are 18 to 24, it said that that percentage grew to 50% of people dealing with issues that were related to anxiety and depression. And so the author listed the, the usual culprits, social media, post-COVID trauma, overly high expectations of success, and even, even fears induced by climate change. So the point of the article was to show that modern society seemed rife with things for, for people to worry about. And so at the bottom of the page, there were also links to similar articles. So I clicked on another one that had been published that day. And this article was about when we talk about our fear and our anxiety excessively, it further reinforces the negative emotions. And so it left me thinking like, well, what's a person to do then when I feel fear and anxiety, if I can't talk about it, because if you talk about it, you're even going to make it worse, right? And so when I was reading the New Testament stories of the ministry of Jesus, it's clear that Jesus was about setting people free from things that kept them stuck from living life to the full. So from the very start, faith in Christ had something to do with people experiencing freedom. It's all over the New Testament, and as if to purposefully state the obvious, Paul says this in Galatians 5.1. He says, it's for freedom that you have been set free. We're wrapping up a series on Paul's letter to the Romans, so Clay is going to bring that series to a close next week and uh, tie it all together. You won't want to miss it. But today I want to dive into what I believe Paul has been moving toward his entire letter He's talked about faith and grace and righteousness, three big topics that set up what he really wants to drive home in Romans 12, which is this, how set free people transform other people. And I'm not sure we hear the weightiness of this in our time when many possess freedoms that our forebears never imagined having. But in Paul's day, people very much felt under the thumb of forces that were, that were out of their control and existence was precarious and very often life was just lived day to day. And so when Jesus prayed, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, he was being literal. He was saying, Lord, give us something to eat today. Disease and famine were commonplace and war and violence was ever present. It was not unheard of for a nation to rise up against Rome and then find a Roman army and their legions at their doorstep ready to burn down cities and towns to the ground. And so when Paul talks about freedom, more often than not, he's speaking to people who have absolutely no freedom at all. 
And the vision of life and community that Paul is casting is of a world where, where God intervenes, where God calls a people to be about something completely different than the world around them, to together live into the best version of themselves and to be set free from the suffering that they see all around them. In fact, Paul is so committed to the freedom that people experience in Christ that he actually says in Romans chapter eight that there is nothing in heaven or earth that can come between believers and the outpoured love of God. And so if you go back and you read that passage, Paul's list of things that people might imagine could get in the way of God's love is pretty comprehensive. And so even when we read those amazing words of Paul in Romans 8, that we are more victorious through him who loved us, I still think we ponder at times those things that stand in the way of our being able to feel secure in God's love. And so in our time, we might, we might add some things to the obstacles of love to those things that Christians believed in Paul's day, to the things that they experienced. And so to our list, we might add judgment, always feeling as if we're being evaluated by others and can never measure up to other people's expectations. And just like the first century, fear and anxiety continue to keep us off balance and without a pervasive peace. We experience depression when over longer periods of time we can't see a way out of sadness or anger and our minds convince us that feelings of being adrift or lost will always be with us. And today in an age where we are more connected online than ever, we still feel experiences of loneliness and isolation. And as I think through the ways I've pastored people in over 30 years, I think of the ways that people just experience being stuck in patterns of relationships that felt toxic to them. And in an age where so much information is literally at our fingertips 24-7, it feels at times that we can never really focus on the things that matter and we feel as if we're always distracted. And if being free is any part of the life of a believer, then it stands to reason that these are all areas where perhaps we could begin experiencing some transformation and renewal where we might be renewed to live life to the full, which by the way, is precisely what Jesus tells his followers they can expect. So one of my favorite stick on my mirror in my bathroom passages of scripture is John 10, 10. And so looking around at all of the things that, that caused people suffering in his time, including the Romans, right? Jesus says, the thief comes to kill and to steal and to destroy, but I come that you might have life and life to the full. Life to the full. That phrase resonates. It creates a longing 
So where we experience judgment, we long for grace and forgiveness. Where there is fear and anxiety, our hearts ache for joy. When we feel lonely and isolated, we deeply desire real community and healthy connectedness with others. When we are stuck, we look to build up the courage to press through. And in a world where distraction keeps us from enjoying the present moment, we begin identifying some unifying and clarifying purpose that ties it all together. And it's almost, it's almost as if the very thing that we ache for, that feels missing in life, points to the things that God wants to grow in us. It's almost as if there's a spirit deeper than anything that we can put words to that draws us toward a vision of life lived fully and abundantly. And you know, this is the heart of what Paul is teaching in his letter to the Romans. Because for Paul, that vision of life is summed up in one person who is the perfect revelation of God and all that God wants to do in the world. It's Jesus. So take all of our imperfections and failures together and there are not enough things that we could do to get it right. If I were to break down every little thing that was wrong with the world or wrong with me or wrong with other people, there wouldn't be enough intelligence or knowledge or even time to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And so what we're offered by a God who loves us and who shows us grace and who desires that we live in freedom is a life lived by faith in Jesus. And I've been thinking about this a lot. As Neely gets ready to graduate this coming spring from high school, I have been very tempted to try to fit 18 years of parenting lessons learned inside of the next eight months and give her all of my best parenting advice so she will have exactly what she needs before she goes off to college. Poor child. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. I can't fix all the mistakes and heal all the brokenness of the past, but I also don't wanna be stuck in the place where I'm regretting them and letting them rob me of today's joy either. And this is the beauty, this is the freedom of what Paul is saying in Romans 12. He says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. He says, don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might discern what is the will of God, the good and acceptable and perfect will. The Greek word in that passage for transformed is the same word that we use when we use the word metamorphosis. And this metamorphosis, this change begins to occur as we offer ourselves to be used for the purposes of God, Paul says, as, as living sacrifices. In other words, like a ministry mentor of mine used to say, 
we act our way into new ways of thinking far more than we think our ways into new ways of acting. And freedom begins with living into the reality that we wish to create. And the good news is, we don't always have to have it figured out ahead of time. And the good news also is, God has already placed the ache, the longing for that reality on our hearts. Paul doesn't stop there though. In verse three, he begins to describe what that reality can look like. He says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For here you go, for as members of one body, we have many members and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ. And individually, we are members of one another. So for Paul, being transformed and being set free is being set free to be the body of Christ. And he goes on to describe, as Katie read, the many gifts that we as members of the body bring to the body. And then as one body, we offer those gifts of healing and love to the world around us. And so last week, Clay asked our staff why we felt like we continued to be Christian, which I thought was an interesting question. Because we all had stories of how we had become Christians and different experiences that we had had growing up. But why did we want to continue to practice Christianity? And I had to think about it. And it occurred to me that all throughout Scripture, God has always called a people to carry God's presence and then together to be a light for others that there was in fact divine wisdom and hope and healing in this world. And one of the reasons that I still keep doing what I do is because I believe that Jesus is still in the ministry of setting people free. And that by design, God has filled us with the spirit of Christ to speak that hope and be that community where life gets restored to wholeness. So in a couple of weeks, we're gonna offer a class that helps people discover the ways that they are uniquely crafted by God to live out of their giftedness. Um, beginning on Monday, October 16th, it's gonna run for five weeks. Beth Patillo, Tammy Morgan, and myself, we're gonna lead a class on spiritual gifts and ministry strengths which is designed to help people know exactly what their gifts are that they offer people in love. So you can look in your bulletin, there's some more information on how to get signed up if you'd like to be a part of that. So let me close with this thought from Paul, and this one comes from his letter to the Galatians. But it speaks to how God is doing a new work of love in us as we are set free to love others. This is from Galatians 5. He says, for you were called to freedom and don't use your freedom as an opportunity to serve yourself, but through love, and I love his phrasing on this. He says, you become enslaved to one another as the body of Christ. Because he says the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pray together.
Gracious and loving God, we thank you for your spirit, which is poured out on this church, that together as one body with many members, you call us to move into this community as your servants, taking the gifts you have poured out on us and speaking life and wholeness and healing into the lives of broken people around us. We thank you, God, for the work of wholeness making you are doing inside of us and for giving us a place where we can both give and receive encouragement, where we can both give and receive life. So continue to call us on that upward journey to be more like your son, Jesus, who is, as Paul says, the fullness of all things, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.